Today on Seeking Wisdom, we're going to talk about why startups are like wandering through the desert. Hell yeah. Alone. Boom. <laughs> Let's go. All right. So I heard you say this the other day. It was a good analogy, a story. Uh, which you've been full of lately. Um, full of what? Full of stories. stories. Yeah, oh, okay. yeah, yeah, you're really on your storytelling game. It's good. It's good. It's really good. So what happens when you age? <laughs> no, like, like all your stories. analogies are on point. Um, and you said like the early days of a startup or any new project, maybe you mm-hmm. don't even have a startup, are like uh, wandering through the desert. Yeah. And that really resonated. So I want you to tell that story today. Sure. So I think uh, it's a story I think about a lot. And I think like early days of a project or – or starting a company, the best kind of analogy I can think of is this idea of walking through through a desert. So imagine a desert, you land magically in a desert, and you look 360 degrees around you, and wherever you look, the horizon looks the same, right? So there are no landmarks that you can go towards. Uh, there's no obvious way out of the desert. And to me, that is like the early days of a new project or the early days of starting a company where you're, you're doing things each and every day, but you don't know if you're moving forward, if you're moving backwards, are you moving to the left, are you moving to the right? In other words, you don't know if the thing you did got you closer to your end goal or got you further away from that end goal. Yeah, I think that's great because if you think about it, you just have no, you have no idea. But how, but how do we like, What's your advice? Like, how do you th- how, then? Then what do you do if you don't have any landmarks? Mm-hmm. Um, like, what what do you act? What do you look for? Yeah. So uh, you have to make them up. That's the short answer: you make them up. See, this is why I want to have this because mm-hmm. this is not an answer that mm-hmm. people want to hear, mm-hmm. right? You make them up, and the, yeah, people don't want to hear them. No, you're, the supposed further- to, you're supposed to have a plan. You're supposed to have an Excel yeah. sheet that you can punch in the formula, and it's going to show you that after three months, you're mm-hmm. going to be here, yep. and then six months here. Exactly. The closer you are to an MBA or a doctor or an engineer, the more that you want things to line up on an Excel spreadsheet. You want a concrete plan, and in this phase, you have to recognize that you're going to have to make some best guesses. And uh, and maybe some of them are based on your intuition, on the positioning of the sun, or something you remember as being a little Cub Scout yeah. that you're going to make some uh, guesses on. And then based on those guesses, you're going to set some goals, like the number of steps that you may walk each day, the number of you know um, hours that you move, and the number of hours that you sleep. Whatever your goals are, you're going to make them, and you're going to set daily, hourly, weekly goals that you can achieve that ideally get you out of this desert. Yeah, I think I think that's a really good point because a lot of people will hear this and say like, oh, we're not, you're not data driven or whatever. But in, in the absence of data, like all you're doing is tracking everything as it's happening mm-hmm. and then you're going to reevaluate. I think what people forget all the time is that data is a lagging indicator, right? So data is the equivalent of looking in the rearview mirror and you driving a car, if you're going two miles per hour, only using your rearview mirror can work well, uh, but the faster you go and the faster you accelerate, the harder it is. So try driving 50 miles an hour, 100 miles an hour, full speed, only using your rearview mirror, and that's the equivalent of only relying on data. Uh, there's some extrapolations you can make, but those are past records of past performance, right? All right, so I want to talk about hiring based on this topic. Sure. If you don't know where you're going, <laughs> there's no landmarks. Yeah, how do you figure out who to bring with you at mm-hmm. this stage? 
Yeah, great, great way to think about it because uh, one of the dimensions that I think about hiring a lot these days is um, that I didn't realize in the past, right? And and I learned this mostly, like we learn all things, making mistakes. And I'm trying and sharing all this stuff. I'm trying to save some of you from making the same mistakes uh, based on my my mistakes. Uh, and what I um, what I did was what most people do, which is try to hire people based on a perceived need that you may have, right, in the company, based on their experience, uh, based on their, you know, intangibles, and that can be their personality, their passion, their hunger, their fit within the company, and kind of trying to take those tangibles and intangibles together and then try to make an informed decision about hiring someone, right? The thing that I didn't realize was just as important and most people miss it, is this third dimension. And this third dimension is the stage. So you can hire, and I have hired people who were great experience, great fit, great teammate, perfect person. Everything was great. The only thing that was wrong was the stage that we were hiring them for was the wrong stage for them. And so an example would be like maybe their experience was two stages ahead of where your company may be today or your team may be today. And so trying to hire too far in advance would lead someone who's great on those other two dimensions to come in and not be successful because all of their past experience is leading them to decisions that are based on a stage that is inappropriate right now, right? And then you end up with them feeling like everything that they do is wrong, you feeling like they're they're making the wrong decisions for this stage of business and kind of had this, um, you know, this thing where you're you're kind of out of sync, right? You're out of sync. And so now I start to think about the right stage. And now when we're talking about the desert stage, we're talking about the very early stages of starting a company, a business, a project. And then you really have to think hard about this stage appropriateness. And is this the right person to bring in at this stage? Yeah, I think stages is something that you talk about a lot. And I mm-hmm. think uh, that's a really good way to think about things. It's just always a reminder of like what you're doing based on the stage that you're at. Totally. And I think it's, you know, to, to me now having experienced it, it's like one of those simple but not easy things. It's one of those like, oh, yeah, it's obvious they should be at the right stage. But then when I talk to everyone and I look at past performance, including my own, nobody actually does it. It's just, again, like my, my you know, I always say it's like just like losing weight. Eat less. OK, nobody does it. Uh, so like uh, it's harder than it yeah. seems. Right. And it's easy to dismiss and be like, yeah, yeah everybody knows that. Of course, that's the right stage. Yeah. No one does it. And we, we talked about this recently. So if you go back a couple episodes ago, uh, we talked about, you know, setting goals and how this quarter at Drift, we set a goal for, you know, our, our company rallied around signups. Right. Yep. Now, if you take a, a company, a big public company, and you rallied them all around signups like that company would go to shit. Totally. Different stage. Different stage. And that worked for us. That was kind of back to uh, the idea of being in the desert. That was how we could set based on some intuition, some past experience, some arbitrary, and they were completely arbitrary goals. Why is it a thousand, uh, you know, business users? Why is it two thousand? Why is it five thousand? Why, how do you guys come up with these numbers? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter really at the end of the day. What we needed was some goalposts to be aiming at to kind of lead us in the right direction. And now, you know, having done that, lead us out of the desert and lead us to where we can see the horizon and now look at the mountain ahead of us and look at, uh, you know, the mountain after that and now begin to optimize and say, what is the best path up this mountain? That's a totally different right. stage than we were in before. Yeah. And, that, and that's what we did, right? We set a goal kind of mm-hmm. based on some like 
you know, we licked our finger and kind of checked which way the wind was going yeah. and then based on some like benchmark conversion rates. And mm-hmm. then now we're, we're looking at Q3 and we just kind of like, okay, we have a benchmark now. Now yes. we can, and it's like, you know, every month, every, every quarter, we're going to keep adjusting that, that goal. Um, last thing I want to ask you is how do you know when you find something? Like, how do you know mm-hmm. that one or two like really passionate customers are, are like, are, that's your market? Yep. Or how do you know that's just like one-off person? Well, in the desert, it's pretty, it's hard because you're, like you say, it's small sample size. So it's going to be one, two, three, 10, 50, whatever the number is. And so it's hard. And, you know, the answer is obvious, but no one wants to hear it. Uh, you're going to have to make a best guess at this stuff, an informed guess. It doesn't have to be a random guess, but it's going to be your best guess on whether the to lean into that or to lean away from that. And that is where, you know, our intuition has to come into play. And that's where our own kind of discretion comes into play. And right. That's the the difference between good leaders, great leaders, poor leaders, right? Is that kind of in t- those intangibles of how do you make this decision? It's not, if it was purely database and purely metrics based, then, you know, um, and no humans were involved, then everything would work perfectly. Yeah. But there are humans that are involved that are biased, who have past experiences, and so, and uh, there isn't enough data, and so you need to to make those guesses. Yeah, and it's like, uh, you know, we we've talked about this Jason Lemkin book, and he has yep. a saying where it's like, you know, if you can get two customers, you can probably yeah, get that. to ten. Mm-hmm. If you can get to ten, you can probably get to a hundred, and and it's just like, you know, those phases are important. I love that. So I love that in Lemkin's book where he and he says that all the time, which is. You know, if you can get one customer, if you can get one person to pay you a hundred bucks, then you can get two. If you can get two, you can get 20. If you can get 20, you can get a hundred and so forth. That is, I love it because it's again, obvious. Uh, but the naysayers out there will push back on that. The people who want to be negative, uh, will push back on that. They'll say, how do you know? How do you know, Jason? If you have one, what do you mean? How do you know you have two? How do you know you have three? How do you know that you won't tap out at a hundred? How do you know? How do you know? How do you know? And they want to not, they want to have all the data in before they make a decision. They're afraid of pulling the trigger and making a decision. And in life, sometimes you need to pull the trigger and you need to make the decision with imperfect information. That is life. I'm glad you brought that up. Like people would say, yeah, yeah, but what about after you get to a hundred? Are you going to be able to get to a thousand when you have no customers? Yeah, and then like, tell me about that problem when we totally. get to a hundred. Totally. <laughs> yeah, and it's you know like Jason does it about customers. Like you, you can do it about revenue. Like how do you get to a million dollars in revenue? All right, take out a calculator and say, can we get you know uh, five hundred people? You know, or two thousand people, let's say, to pay us five hundred bucks? Or yeah. uh, yes. Uh, are there 2,000 people in the on the planet or 2,000 companies on the planet or 500, whatever number you want to use, companies on the planet that can possibly pay us this much? Yes. Okay. So that's probably as much as you need to know. Like it is within the realm of possibility. And so now you can go off and do that. Yeah. Cool. All right. We got to wrap because uh, after wrap. this, you're going to do a little podcast cheating. You're going on Buffer's new podcast, which will be uh, which will be fun. All so right. keep an eye out for that. Uh, We're going to inject some seeking wisdom yeah, into Buffer. Please do. Uh, and also just a, a quick shout out. So thanks for all the support for the show. But also everybody's kind of we, we've run into a lot of marketers and, and salespeople kind of rallying around this uh, this movement about. You know, we started it with no lead forms, but it's really kind of transpired into like this treating people like people and, uh, you know, one-to-one relationships when it comes to marketing. So it's, it's awesome to see everybody like 
tweeting and, and sharing links with us about that stuff. So, so keep sending it. Yeah. And we're just not two guys on the end of a podcast. Like reach out to us, send this email, hit us up on Twitter, uh, hit us up anywhere that you can find us online. And uh, we'd love to talk to you. And we'd love to get feedback and we're here to learn just as much as you are.